The reading today is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 8 to 17. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... They do not belong to Christ, but Christ is in you. Then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father! The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, 
then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the amazing word of God. Amazing, amazing words indeed. The who, I, I kind of want to start by asking, who do you think you are? We have a slide for this. Who do you think you are? We might, uh, I don't know, I wonder what it is. Is it the clothes you wear that define you? I mean, it seems that today Steve and I have decided that that might be, might be the case. Is it the people you hang out with? Is it the car you drive? Is it the job that you do or the job you once do? Maybe it's the family you come from. There's this idea in um, cognitive psychology. Um, I don't know if there's any, anyone whose specialism is in this area. I hope not, because this is all just stuff that I've heard and read. But uh, a concept called life scripts. And life scripts are the things that we tell ourselves about who we are, the messages that we've picked up along the way. There's... Um, that it might be something like, I always do everything for other people. Or maybe it's, mm, I don't deserve nice things. Or perhaps it's, I deserve to be prime minister. Maybe not. Maybe that's none of us in here today. But we all have these scripts that we carry around with us these words that, we, uh, that we've picked up along the way from our childhood, from things we've heard from our friends, and we realize they shape who we are. They shape the way that we understand ourselves. They shape the way that we understand each other. They shape the way that we relate to God. So we can end up going, I don't deserve that. Um, so, at the, in the first verse here, Paul says, therefore, and when he says therefore, I think he's sort of gesturing in the direction of everything that we've read in Romans so far. Um, therefore, because of all these things that I have said all the way up that mountain, there is no condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation, Paul. Surely there's loads of condemnation. Everywhere I go, there's condemnation. People judging me for the things that I'm wearing or judging me for the things that I say or the person that I am or the family that I come from. No condemnation. And surely God is condemning me. Surely God is watching what I do. We might not think that God is angry with us, but surely God is maybe disappointed. You know that... I'm not, we're not angry, we're just disappointed. It's the worst thing, isn't it? It's the worst thing to hear your parents say that. Surely God is disappointed in us. But, but Paul says, no, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Okay, Paul. Okay, Paul, we're going to need you to unpack this for us a little bit. No condemnation. And Paul says, yeah, all right, I'll unpack it. I'll unpack it in a kind of slightly complicated first century wordy sort of way. He says, first of all, you need to understand that there is the realm of the spirit and there is the realm of the flesh. 
And before we go any further, we need to be able to define what we mean there, because I think those things can get a little bit, a little bit tricky. First of all, we've got the spirit. And if you look in your Bibles, you will see that every, almost every time the word spirit appears, there's a little B. And if you look at the bottom of the page, can someone tell me what it says? Okay, hold on to that thought. We're going to come to that in a moment. Have I got the wrong letter here? Is it a B or is it something else where it says, or spirit? I'm going to pull up, I'm going to get my Bible out. What a good idea. Romans 8, here we go. So at the bottom, it might say, oh, it doesn't say it in these Bibles. What? Okay. Well, that's frustrating. So, in in another Bible that I've read, it says, every time it says spirit, it says, or spirit. And you have to be paying quite a lot of attention to realize that in one place it's capitalized and in the other place it's not. Or spirit, without a capital letter. And that's because in Greek there is no capital letter. So we don't know whether Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit, capital H, capital S, or whether, we, whether Paul is talking about some other spirit of God. Um, so it can get a bit complicated here, but what I'm going to say is I'm going to make it simpler for us. I'm going to hedge a little bit, because if the translators aren't sure, then neither am I. And I'm going to say, let's talk about the, the breath, the word that means breath of God. The breath of God, which... Uh, God breathes into Adam's lungs and gives Adam life at creation. The breath, the wind of God, which descends upon the apostles at Pentecost. The Spirit of God, which is within each of us, giving us life. So that's the Spirit of God. It's that which stops us from being maybe just a dead meat. And then we've got flesh, and as you read for us, the word that's used for flesh isn't about our bodies. Now, because we can, when we talk about fleshly desires, all sorts of things can spring to mind. But actually, flesh, flesh refers to something else. Can anyone do anything interesting with their bodies that's suitable for a Sunday morning? Yes, what can you do? I'm going to come over here. What can you do? Can you wiggle your ears? Can you? Oh, wow! You've d For everyone else over here, there's just an incredible thing happening with a tongue over here. And after the service, I recommend you come and ask and have a look. Okay. Anyone else do anything else with their bodies? Anyone? Any gymnasts? Anyone? Oh, what have we got? Where am I looking? Okay, yeah. You oh wow oh oh we've got some we've got some strange things going on we can all do we can all do extraordinary things with our bodies and Paul is not saying that any of that is bad this is not about our bodies being bad we have big bodies small bodies old bodies young bodies strong bodies weak bodies and they are all loved by God they are Nothing is 
condemned. In fact, God loved the bodies that he created so much that in Jesus he came and wandered around in one. Wandered around among us. So please don't think that this is about our spirits which are up here and high-minded and wonderful and it's all out there and our bodies which are bad and we need to reject them. The Christian understanding is not as souls which are trapped in a nasty body. All of it is good. So when Paul is talking about flesh, he's talking about that thing in our, maybe our earthly inheritance, that thing that stops us from being able to to do God's will, that thing that means that we can't do it in our strength, that thing that means that we're limited, our human limitations maybe, our human frailty, our human failings. So there we go. We've got spirit on one hand, the breath of God within us, and we've got our human failings on the other. And if we come to verse 5 and 6, and we read those words into those passages, those who live according to the, our human failings have our minds set on human failings. But those who live in accordance with the breath of God within them have their minds set on what the breath of God within them desires. The mind governed by our human failings is death, but the mind governed by the breath of God within it is life and peace. So you see, we can choose to live according to the flesh, our human failings, or we can choose to live according to our, the divine breath within us. And if we try to live according to our human failings, well, it's a little bit like we've got a picture here, actually. Can we move on to the next slide? Because I, oh, here we have got a clicker. Clicker, clicker, clicker. Boop. Oh. <gasps> there we go. It's a little, a little bit like this. We've got our bungees strapped to us. And every time we reach, I think in this case, they're trying to get some cereal. Every we try and reach the cereal, the bungee just keeps pulling us back. We can't get there because of our oh, human failings. But if we live according to the Spirit, it's, it's not just like the bungee cord's being cut. It's like someone has picked up the cereal and gone, I tell you what, why don't I bring the cereal to you? That bungee cord is useless now anyway. The bungee cord has lost its power to restrain us and we've got the cereal. <laughs> a few weeks ago, um, Tom was talking to us about, uh, well, he talked about how we are no longer slaves to, shall I move that on or should we just leave it on for a while? Is it distracting? Hang on a moment. I'm going to do that. There we go. We, he talked to us about how we are no longer slaves to sin. And then he said, well, we're enslaved to God. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, oh, well, we're not, we've been set free from one kind of slavery only to be enslaved by God. That doesn't sound like good news. But here he pushes that idea further. And he says, he has not given you a spirit of slavery, but he has a adopted you. He has adopted you. You are, no, you are 
in God's family. You are a child of God. You can call God Abba, Father. You are a co you are an heir of God. You are a co-heir with Christ. And that makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. This isn't about striving. This isn't about you're a child of good, so you should do better. We don't start by trying to do better. We start by knowing who we are. We are beloved children of a God who wants to come and live with us and in us. It's such good news. And it reminds me of this, um, this clip coming back to who do you think you are. Some of you may have seen this. This is with Danny Dyer. And Danny Dyer has been presented with a family tree that goes all the way back, there we go, which goes all the way back to the 13th century or uh, 14th century. Um, So let's see what happens. Okay, so. No. Okay, so Elizabeth Seymour, John Seymour, Wentworths. Sir Henry Hotspur Percy, Philippa Plantagenet. Explain to me. So the, <clears throat> I don't know if that name Plantagenet. Plantagenet, obviously not, because I've, I've just said it wrong, so I've no idea. Right. Well, that if you follow the line back up to the top, you'll see where that name Lionel takes Plantagenet. us. Plantagenet, Edward the Third. Edward the Third, that great medieval king. So Edward III, yes, he's your 22 times great-grandfather. So you are directly descended from King Edward III of England. Can't be. Can't be. A direct descendant from Edward III. So Danny dies right at the bottom of that scroll and Edward, Edward III's at the top. So it's just stupid, isn't it? It's great. It's fantastic. It's quite amazing. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It really is. I just need to just digest it and get it in my nut and then I can move on with my life. And I think I'm going to treat myself to a raff. What the um, yeah yeah it would be, it would be a good look for you. Just get a massive ruff, just bowl about with it, oh. and you know, if anyone questions it, and then I'll explain to them why I'm wearing a ruff. That's true. Yeah. And then I'll have to walk away, won't they? Embarrassed. <laughs> he wants to go out and buy a ruff to bound around in a ruff. He change. He changes his understanding of who what his identity is. And immediately, it makes him want to change his, uh, change his behavior. We've got one last slide. Have we got it? Is it there? Just to keep us entertained. Here he is, in his rough. Now, we might not need to go and buy a rough because we've discovered that we are children of God. But in Isaiah 61, it says we have been clothed in, right, in a robe of righteousness. We're like the prodigal son who returns to the forgiving, loving father and is given the best cloak. 
God has taken all of those scripts that we have about ourselves and torn them up and replaced them this one truth. You are a child of God. And you might be sitting there thinking, oh, well, that's lovely for you, Matthew. What a lovely club you're in. You're in a lovely club where you are a beloved child of God. You're a co-heir with Christ. There is no condemnation. How wonderful for you. But that's not me. I don't deserve that. Oh, there's that script again. I don't deserve that. Because the amazing thing is that this may be very precious. This might be very precious truth that we are children of God, but it's not exclusive. In fact, the thing, the thing that was so powerful about this in the early church was that it brought people together who just didn't belong together. It was a society where everyone knew their place. People knew who was at the top. People who knew, knew who was at the bottom. And suddenly they find this hope in Jesus Christ and it just puts a bomb in all of that. Men, women, slaves, free, Jews, Gentiles, everyone came and worshipped together as children of God. It was so disruptive. It didn't matter who you were and it still doesn't matter who you are. We are children of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. And because of that, we can bound around in a robe of righteousness. Because the spirit that dwells in us is the same spirit that, rose Je that brought Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we are children, we are your children. We are co-heirs with Christ, that we wear a robe of righteousness. And if anyone asks us why we're bounding around with a robe of righteousness, we can just explain to them. Be with us. Transform us by your Spirit and lead us evermore into your life and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.